before you say anything, I know my mic was not the greatest this episode. It's definitely not bad. It, um, it's still definitely bearable, but it isn't the same quality that we are typically used to. But that is okay because this is the last episode with this kind of setup. It'll be back to normal by next episode, which next episode you can find Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern on Dash Radio. Or you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. As far as the later in the week episode, a.k.a. this one, you can only get it on any podcast app. But, hey, you can still listen there. And if you are listening, it means you are... I don't know, listening on a podcast. But on today's episode of The Playgrounder, Matt and I give some early season Western Conference observations. Last episode, we did the Eastern Conference. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen. Either before or after this one, doesn't matter. But we talk about the West. We talk about the Warriors and, you know, how Steph Curry is still super underrated. Phoenix and, you know, maybe, I don't know, are they top three team in the West? I am kind of big on them. I know Matt isn't. Uh, We talk on the Clippers and their roller coaster of a team over the past two years uh, we don't really know what to think of them but stay tuned for all that you can follow me on twitter at zach wilson nba you can follow matt at matt esposito underscore or you can follow the show at playgrounder nba remember to check us out on dash radio wednesday mornings at 9 a.m and remember to download thrive fantasy the only fantasy app where you can make prop bets and they save you all the research because they only need to go with the top tier players you know, all you got to do is choose five out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. You know, each prop kind of has a fantasy point total associated with the over under on based on likelihood it is to occur. So just like you're making prop bets on your bookie, you can make them here and you can parlay them together. The more points a certain selection is worth, the riskier it is, just like betting with money. And all you have to do is use promo code playgrounder when you sign up. So use playgrounder when you sign up. And they will instantly match your deposit up to $50. So if you put in $20, Thrive will give you free $20. If you put in $50, Thrive will give you free $50 to play with. I know when I download, uh, when I downloaded this app, I used the Playgrounder co- promo code. Not just because we are the Playgrounder, but because it's literally free money. All you have to do is use promo code Playgrounder. Tweeted us when you downloaded it. Tweeted us that you used our our, uh, our promo code because we love Thrive, we love sports, we love betting, and we love basketball. So let's get it. Okay, Matt, before we get started, I want to hit you with a bit of NBA trivia, if that's all right. I want, I want to see if you, can, if you can get this. Okay. So, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I'm, I don't know, maybe you've seen this, this would suck, um, but Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown became the third pair of teammates in the last 20 seasons to each record 250 plus points in their team's first 10 games. Who are the other like duos to do this in the past 20 seasons all right it's got to be it's got to be Shaq and Kobe yeah that's one of them it's it's got to be maybe Larry Bird and no no no, last 20 seasons last 20 seasons in the last 20 so I guess this is just within the 2000s uh or 2000 okay so from the 2000s and okay what give me the criteria one more time uh 250 plus points each within the first 10 games of the season. And it doesn't matter how old they are. No, no, yeah. It's just a pair of teammates that scored 250 plus points each in the first 10 games. So Shaq and Kobe. I'm going to go with, like, it's got to be like LeBron and and Kyrie or something like that, right? Yeah, well, it was, uh, it's Steph and KD. So. Okay, so Stephen KD, Shaq, and Kobe, who else? And Tatum and Brown. That's it? Yeah, they're the only three pairs Jesus. of teammates to do it. That's I will say, I I love Jalen Brown. I He mm. was projected to get drafted by ESPN, like 90th or something in my fantasy draft. So I technically reached for him at like 76, and he's been like a top 20 fantasy player. I don't know. He's been amazing mm. this year. Dude, he's been he's been good. And like, he'll his uh his shooting percentages are gonna come back down to earth for sure. But like, it, it doesn't take away the fact that he's made a lot of shots now. <laughs> and what's funny is like, just 
Jalen Brown is a good in a, like he's very emblematic of me uh, to me of like a guy who you don't need to have the prettiest jumper in the league. Like if it goes in, it goes in. Like it's the same thing with Kawhi. Like same thing with Tyrese Halliburton. Exactly. Like if you watch these guys, especially Jalen Brown, like he he's never off balance, but like he looks off balance when he shoots. If that makes any sense? And you're like, oh man, like it doesn't look like it's gonna be good, but then it goes in and it's like a like a pretty swish, and you're like. Okay, like it goes in. Like maybe we're overthinking this. Like if the dude can put the ball in the hoop, the dude can put the ball in the hoop. Yeah. Um. The only reason I brought up Tyrese Halliburton is because he does have a really ugly jump shot, but he's shooting, I think, literally fifty percent from three on the season. And the only reason I thought of him is because last night my Raptors played them, and we got mm. a win. We got a win, Matt. We won by mm. like twenty. Mm. And Fred Van Vliet is earning every penny of that contract he signed. Yeah, he's 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 been a great signing for them. I I still wish like just for the sake of basketball, like I kind of wish the Knicks signed him, because um, <laughs> I, I just think they would have been like, I don't know. I think the Knicks need someone, and I think they would have been a better team. But oh, they definitely would have yeah. been better. But last night was finally, oh, it was finally like the Raptors I've been waiting for because I know this team isn't a one in six team. They're not, and I know not. I'm not I'm not saying they're up there with the Lakers and the Bucks and whatnot. But they're not one in six. They're definitely a team that still should be right at the top tier of, of those East teams. And they finally played like it last night. Pascal was one rebound away from a triple double. Fred at thirty four. Norm at twenty two. Lowry didn't even play. And then Boucher came in with like twenty three and ten. That just that guy is an energy monster. Uh, so Dude, it's, what, it's what the Raptors do. They identify talent and they develop it. And it's what it is. Just get used to it. It's what they do. Sports are so funny because all the way up until last game or last night's game, I was in my mind saying Toronto Raptor Jalen Suggs. Like I, I just fully Tank. convinced I fully convinced myself it was gonna yeah. happen. And now we won that game. And I'm like, oh yeah, we can go on a easy ten game win streak, get our name back in the playoffs and go mm-hmm. and compete. So um sports really toy with your emotions. Uh speaking of your emotions, how did you feel mm. hearing that Kemba got cleared to practice again? Yeah, that's huge, man. Like there's been some really fun Celtic stuff the past couple of days. Like they're on a three game win streak. They we I'll be on we know the the news like the statistical news about Jason and Jalen. Ken was back to play. Taco Fall played last night, and I didn't so I didn't get a chance to watch last night's game. But um, just from the things that I've read, the things that I've seen, like he looked like playable. Like he looked like serviceable, um, and that's awesome because everyone's rooting for this guy. And literally I, everyone. I I read some stuff that like after the game. You know, Brad Stevens was making comments how the entire locker room was going crazy for Taco Fall because just like they're so happy for this kid. Like he puts in all the effort and like not for nothing, but every team in the NBA knows like you're there's more purpose on these rosters than ever before because they know that like some funky COVID things are going to happen and you're going to need to play a guy who's your 15th man. So like the Celtics kept him for a reason and he blocked Russell West, like a Russell Westbrook dunk attempt, and that's awesome. We, it's just a great story. The Celtics are turning into a feel-good team, and I love it. I feel like this season we've had – maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like we've had four players that have been – four meaningful players that have been affected by COVID and have to sit out games uh, with Seth Curry, Jonas Valanciunas, KD, and Michael Porter Jr., and I have mm. three of the four of them on my fantasy team. Fantasy basketball, dude. You're gonna try and convince me of it. I just, I just can't get into it. I, I don't know. the The one reason it's really fun is because I'm in the, I'm in a league with the same, like guys every year. So it's just really okay. fun competing them year after. Year. And and I personally know all of them. And we all know each other, so it's really fun. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could play fantasy basketball against randoms. I just wouldn't put no, any effort because, in. And there's like, money. The on point it. of it is talking trash. Yeah, yeah, because um, it's daily. Do you want to play a game of? Um, hey, imagine if. Uh, yeah, I love games. Okay, you ready to do it? I'm ready. All right, hey, <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be an obvious one. Okay, this is gonna be an obvious one, but it's still fun to talk about. Hey, imagine if Ben Simmons took two and a half three pointers a game and made thirty six percent of them. What changes in his career? First of all, it's really funny because on my computer screen right now I have a little speck of something and it's right mm. on your cheek so 
Maybe Are you sure it's not my beauty it, mark? It looks like you just have a huge mole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I is it crazy to say I don't think that's too unrealistic? That's I, I honestly, I honestly think if he shot about three threes a game, he could he could go one for three every game because his shot isn't horrible. I know it's not beautiful. I'm not saying he has great form, but it's not looking out there like Sean Marion or Joe Kim Noah. Like it looks mm-hmm. serviceable, and he, I don't know. I feel like if he actually took them, even if he only went one for three, even if he went one for six, as in making one every two games, it forces the defense to be a little bit more honest on him. It gives him way more opening to drive past guys. I've always said, and maybe this is a hot take, I've always said I think Ben Simmons with a jump shot is more dangerous than Giannis with a jump shot, just because I think Ben Simmons has a tighter handle, can blow by guys better. And I know both of them would be amazing, but I don't know. I think Ben Simmons with a jump shot literally is like up in GOAT conversations. So... Yeah, this this is really interesting because like as of right now, um, and I'm looking at some of the cleaning the glass stuff. So as of right now, look at the, the Sixers' offense is like pretty crazy except for one area, right? So short mid range, um, seventh in the league for 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 field goal percentage. Long mid range, number one. All mid range, number one. Um, three point shooting, they're they're shoot they're the number six team in the league three point shooting. Uh, but just under 40%, right? But at the rim, they're like 18th in the league. So this does not like, in my opinion, this doesn't bode well. Like I know we're already talking about the playoffs, but just like projecting, and it ties into this this conversation. Like I think we've seen teams do this before in the postseason against the Sixers and have some success um, where you just like, you go under Ben Simmons pick and rolls. And you, you protect the rim and you force Ben Simmons to shoot or to get the ball out of his hands. And like, those are two good outcomes for a team. Like if Ben Simmons is taking a shot in the mid range or even from three, which he's not really going to do, you want that. If the ball is not in his hands, he's remarkably less effective, even though like they've been okay with him playing off ball. But so I think let's say he makes one out of every three, like you said, if he does that, it's enough spacing. And I think that would, make their team more dangerous and then in return it would change the narrative on his career where we we he makes that jump from okay this is an all nba caliber player to okay maybe this is a guy who can finish top five top three in mvp voting someday in the future no he's so good he literally is elite at everything except shooting he's one of the best defenders in the league he's a great passer he has a good handle uh, he can finish well. He's huge, and he can move. Like he has everything except for a jump shot. And I think all he has to do is take them because I don't think he's as bad of a shooter as I guess he thinks he is himself. So, and what's what's weird is you know I was listening to the uh, and I don't listen to this podcast too often, but I was listening to the Russillo pod and he read some uh, some scouting reports that people did of both Jalen Brown and Ben Simmons and like one of the scouting reports from legitimate NBA scouts was like it was like hey. Um, Ben Simmons just doesn't have a great work ethic. Like he just doesn't really put in the work and he, that's how he approaches the game. Like he thinks he's already very good and it might not bode well for anyone who's like, Nope, these, these jumpers are going to come. Like if, if he hasn't done it by what, this is what his fifth season in the NBA. Is it that many? I think it's his fourth year playing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say fourth, but it's his like fifth season, but if you haven't done it by now, when like when are you going to change? So I don't know. I thought it was a good, hey, imagine if. We'll clip it up there. We'll put it on Twitter. Maybe put a poll out there or something like that for you guys. But Yeah, I got drafted 2016. Got, yeah, see? Let's move. Uh, why don't we go to the West? Let's start with the best team in the West, uh, the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, Phoenix. <laughs> They're actually technically second best, but they look so good. And... I know you're maybe still not as high on them as I was. I no, I I was high on them heading into the season. So if they finish like top four, I want all my credit for predicting this. But I think they're so good. I they haven't even hit their stride yet. So like, okay, so their Booker plus bench lineups are literally some of their best lineups. They're and that's amazing. Yeah, they're they're really deep, like really for like very deep. low key deep too. Yeah, and they made they made great signings this offseason. Um, we've also seen guys step up their game. Like like Michael Bridges is gonna be on um he's gonna be, you know, getting votes for most improved and all defensive. Currently leads them in both blocks 
and three points made, I believe, Zach. But um, thanks for okay. that. <laughs> I was so angry. They lost last <laughs> night, though. Yeah, you don't uh, have to convince me. I love the Suns. They lost last night to the Pistons in overtime. I, listen, I think this team is very talented. Um, and and when you look at some of their numbers, you know, they're seventh in the league at finishing at the rim. They're tenth in the league in threes. They're they're second in the league in all in like mid ranges. Um, they're second in an effective field goal. So like they're scoring the ball. Like they're 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 absolutely scoring the ball, and I even think they have some growth. Now I, I'm not sold on them, but I will admit to you, like they still have room to grow. Like I think DeAndre Ayton can play much better with Chris Paul. Like I don't think they've reached their their peak as a tandem yet. So they're good, but are are they for real? Yeah, I think they need to get Ayton a lot more inside. He's taken a lot of jumpers, and I mean he has a solid jump shot. It, it, like it looks pretty, but. If they get him playing inside more, working more out of the post, diving hard off pick and rolls, they can get even better, as you mentioned. They can. Um, they're good. They're good. I. Oh, they're what first, first or second in the West right now? They're second, so they're six and three, and the Lakers are seven and three, so they're half a game behind the Lakers. Um, third in the West is the Clippers, a team who they be clipping. I. I don't know what it is. This is like some people, like Zach Lowe always talks about this with the Sixers in past years. I'm the same way with the Clippers, where no matter what happens to them, I still think that they're potentially the best team in the West. Like I just think they're they're that good. But we even saw last night against the Warriors, they were up by, what, like 21 or 22, and they blew the game and lost against Phoenix a week ago or something. They were up 31, and... Phoenix brought it within like one or two. They the Clippers still won, but still to blow like a thirty point lead and to do that, I guess technically twice within a week, like that's not good at all, especially for a team like the Clippers who have the talent to be the best team in the league. The Clippers are so interesting. They're so interesting to me because like on paper, some of the things they do are really good, right? They're leading the league in three point percentage. Um, they're spacing the, the, the court, right? They're leading the, they're second in the league in corner three. So like they have great horizontal spacing. The problem is, and this is something I said before the season, like, I don't think there is a, co everyone thought the problem was the coach or at least the Clippers organization did, right? It was, how do we get, how do we change the culture and how do we hold Kawhi and Paul George accountable? Just like any other player. I don't think there's a coach in basketball that can change that culture in the mentality of their two stars. I just don't. I just don't think they're – I don't understand why a human being would be able to magically walk in and do that, even if it is Ty Lue. Um, I just I'm, – I'm not – I just don't believe in this team. I don't. And I don't even think they're – if the Lakers and Clippers played a season today, I would easily pick the Lakers. Easily. And I don't even think yeah. they've been playing at their best. No, and I mean, you mentioned it. You need a vocal leader, and neither Kawhi or Paul George are that. Like, you look at Kawhi's championship teams. He played alongside Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Ginobili. Like, those guys were all, you know, more vocal leaders than him. In Toronto, Kyle Lowry, Marc Gasol, even a guy like Fred Van Vliet, who's young, but he's still really recognized as, you know, kind of like a, a veteran and has a good locker room presence. Like, Kawhi, on his two championship teams, hasn't been even, like, top three in... I guess, like leaders. I put that in air quotes because he's still obviously the best player and probably the leader on the court. But I, and, and I mean, Paul George, Paul George, I feel like he's that kid who's just easily influenced. And you know, that kid in school who he's not necessarily with the popular group, but he, he isn't necessarily with, you know, the bottom feeders. He's just mm. a kid who, whoever, whoever's on their stride, he can flow with them and he'll, he'll mock, he'll mimic them. And, you know, the guy who kind of stands at the back of the crew and just repeats what the leader says. Like, I really learned that about him during last year's playoffs, or I don't even know if it was the playoffs. It was just in the bubble when yeah. Portland and the Clippers were in beef, and then Paul George just jumped his way in. And, oh, man, I just, yeah. I don't like this like, team. And it sucks because if you just lined up two, like, all the rosters side by side, I would think they had either the best or the second best most talented team. Yeah, and, and the really unfortunate part is, like, so they had they obviously had Landry Shamit last year and now he's on Brooklyn. And one of my big things was like Shamit's a Shamit's pretty talented. He can do more than just shoot the ball. And they didn't use him right. And then they traded for Luke Kennard. And I was like, okay, like anyone who's watched Luke Kennard knows that not only can he play off the ball, but he can like run, pick, and roll. He can he can, you know, generate points for other players. 
they're not using him properly. It's like it's they're really reflective of where the NBA is today. This idea of like get the talent and figure it out later instead of maybe thinking, okay, how do these two star players impact our culture and our chemistry? Do they mesh together? Right? Like there's so much more work that needs to that needs to go into it. And the weird part is like we've seen Kawhi in a system that works where you can win a title with you know, when he did it obviously in Toronto. But I think it's because of the other players around him, like like Kyle Lowry is probably the exact opposite of Paul George in terms of personality. <laughs> right. <And> it worked. <laughs> and it worked. So I don't know. I'm not sold on this team. Um that's funny though. I'm looking at my list of like teams to talk about, and the Clippers and Phoenix were both on it. You want to talk about Utah next? Uh, I I mean I guess I I look at that team and they might have the best top eight in the league as far as just really solid one through eight. Mm-hmm. I mean obviously the Lakers are up there and the Clippers are probably there too <laughs> as far as talent, but I just. I don't know. I think this team could literally go 72-0 and in the regular season, and I still wouldn't pick them to do anything special in the playoffs. I just, I, did, I don't know. I don't think Donovan Mitchell is – I think he's really good, but I don't think he's good enough to be the best player on a championship team. I agree with you. Or – yeah, no, I just agree with you straight up. I mean, like, when he – he started this year shooting the ball not good at all. I mean, I know he had a good game the other night, but, like – Really not good. The good thing for him is Mike Conley's back, and, and he and he looks um he's you know he's playing well, and everyone was worried about him. But like, at the end of the day, if you have guys, if you have guards that aren't gonna buy in defensively, your team is just in trouble. It, that's what it is. And I'm not saying like they have to be plus defenders, but they have to consistently show the effort, right? And you can go back from championship team to championship team. And like you will find guys that when when the time comes for it, play good defense. Like even like Kyrie Irving this year is playing really good defense for a guard. Um, and we we should talk about him at one point because I have no idea what's going on with Kyrie. Um, but like even even Steph, like yeah, he gets targeted in the postseason, but he plays. Donovan Mitchell just it's like I, sometimes I think the reason Rudy Gobert is such a good defender is because like guys just get passed on. He gets on so many opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's does this team even have, in your opinion, a chance at a title? Like, let's say everything goes right, do they even have like is their ceiling a championship ceiling? I don't think so. And there were people last year who thought they were, and I was never that high on them. I, I know people were saying, "Man, this team could finish first in the West. They could make the conference finals. Really give the Lakers a go." And I mean, maybe on paper it kind of looks like it because, like I said. As far as their top eight rotation, which is a playoff rotation, it's really, really solid. But Gobert doesn't look the same defensively in uh, in the playoffs because you can kind of hunt him in pick and roll and force him to switch. And oh, yeah. as much as as much as he's a fantastic pick and I mean a rim protector, he can't switch out onto guards. Yeah, and what's interesting about this team is like there's there's a good stat called um like location effective field goal percentage and i know that's a mouthful yeah, but you're such a nerd for that such a dweeb um <laughs> basically i just gave myself a wedgie in case you're wondering um what it means is like if a team shot league average from the places they're taking their field goals from what would their effective field goal percentage be and it basically tells you like if a team if if their strategy um or their scheme gets them to a place on the court where they're taking good shots, but maybe just not hitting them. And Utah right now is is really good. Like, like their their location effective field goal percentage is number seventh in the league. So if they were just hitting their shots at a league average, they'd be like the seventh most efficient offense. They're just not. And part of that is because like so much lies on the shoulders of Donovan Mitchell. And he started off the year so poorly. So. I, I do think there's room for this team to get better. I just don't think they have a championship ceiling. And, and I'm not quite sure. I, they are in all-in mode because they just extended Gobert. They extended Clarkson. Uh, you know, so and I don't know they have the pieces to add somebody. It's a really weird place if you're a Jazz fan. Yeah. Yeah, you need to go give yourself a swirly for that. 
stick your head in the toilet. Have you ever <laughs> seen that in real life? I've never even heard of that happening in real life. I don't know how that's like a... Why is that a thing? I feel like you wouldn't even have to flush. If you just dip someone's head in the toilet, like, that's enough. Bro, especially if it's like a public restroom, which it would be. Like, yeah, like at the school or something. It's gross. And you know, it's gross. It's gross for everyone involved. Like, even if you're the bully that's doing it, like, you're definitely right, your getting, hands like, right in the toilet, like flushing. You're definitely getting like poop residue on your hands. Uh, what's the, what's the next thing you want to talk about? Golden State, which is funny because we're literally just mm. kind of working our way down the standings unintentionally. <laughs> but Steph literally has given the middle finger to all of his haters in the past two, three games. He is amazing. I had him, I think, fourth in when we did our top 50 player rankings and we ranked them individually. I had him fourth. I picked him to, you know, right. I know we both did kind of picked him to be right up in that MVP conversation. Mm. I just, he's so good. And he honestly, without Clay Thompson, he don't have much of a team. Like He really doesn't have a secondary guy. Like, Draymond is a guy who can control a game and run a game while scoring under 10 points, but he's not a secondary guy. And without Clay, he really doesn't have one. And last night, the Clippers, I swear to God, were double-teaming him from the second he touched the ball, and this guy still managed to complete the 20-point comeback and win. Zach, do me a favor. Uh, while I give my response to this, do me a favor and look up Andrew Wiggins' stats for me. Um, <laughs> you want Wiggins or Oubre? <laughs> Who's you worse? Do, do both, but I want, I would love Wiggins specifically. So, first of all, anyone who doubted Steph Curry, like, just do a, do us a favor. Go to your Twitter profile and tweet something out that says, I don't watch basketball. And just pin it. Just so everyone knows, right? Like, the next time you tweet out something dumb about Steph Curry, we can go to your Twitter profile and be like, oh, okay, this guy doesn't watch basketball. Just one of the, like, the fact that people judged him after four or five games without Draymond, without Klay Thompson is just, it's just stupidity. There's no other way to say it. Like, it's a stupid thing to do. They how forgot that? how, like, how good he was. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't think you, I don't think people really lose shooting, <laughs> especially when you're elite, elite, elite. So stupid. Um, Zach, what's Andrew Wiggins hitting from three? This is going to surprise people, I think. Yeah, 40%. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. It's happening. Um, How is he like, I looked at these stats. I was like, wow, I like, these are actually decent. But when I watch him play, I just, I don't see this efficient. Like he's averaging 17.6 points per game, 40% from three, only four, like 43 from the field. I guess that's okay. You'll take it though. Yeah. That's wow. I did not think he was playing that well. Yeah. Um, this Warriors team is going, is they're going to go on a little bit of a run, especially with Draymond back. Let me play. A quick game with you. Wait, let me let me say Ubre's stats first, just because I pulled yes, them up. Please. And if yeah. he would, I don't get it. The past two years, he's really looked like a legit guy. And when they picked him up, I mm. I I said, you know, this is no clay replacement, but it's a pretty good one because this guy can put the ball in the net. And That's right. <laughs> this year, he hasn't been able to put the ball in the net. This guy's looking like Ben Wallace. Uh, Ten points per game, thirteen percent from three, and thirty three from the field off a. Of 36% effective field goal percentage. And he's only averaging 0.6 assists and two turnovers. Like, it's it's really, really bad. Like, it's not even just kind of like he dropped off into being average and non-productive. He's literally just, he's playing bad. And I still believe in him because of what he's done the past few years. But, wow, it's, that's yeah, rough. Yeah, I'm going to get, I'm going to give it more time. But I definitely have some Kelly Oubre theories, like, maybe a okay, little bit Bill of. Bill Simmons. Maybe maybe a little bit of <laughs> the Kelly Oubre theory. What's that one? No, 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 I mean like theories as to why he's struggling so much. Uh, oh, okay. Maybe a little bit of good good player, bad team stuff. Maybe a little bit of like just doesn't fit what the Warriors do. But um, yeah, they're gonna go on a big run. They're they they're primed for it. And and James Wiseman looks really good. So all right, which team in the NBA should trade for Draymond Green? Um, I don't mind Portland, and we I I say that just because we saw that Damian Lillard I guess is trying to get Draymond. They need uh, him the most. Yeah, Portland, or I honestly even think Dallas. I think that'd be really good next to Kristaps and Luca. Uh, Let me give you I, another one. You ready for this? Are you ready, ready for this small ball lineup to close a postseason game? Okay. Toronto. <laughs> I just throw them in everything. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Draymond Green, Kemba Walker. 
I think I think Draymond could literally fit anywhere and be good. Yeah. And that's what he He's, is. Draymond Draymond got to the point where he was overrated, but for the wrong reasons. Like his impact wasn't overrated, but there was a point where people were like, Oh, this guy's like a top twelve player in the league. Look what he does. It's like, okay, it wasn't it was never that good. Like he could no, impact a game and he could win you a game, but now he's underrated and he's putting up even lesser stats, but he still can impact a game so well on both sides of the floor. He he doesn't need the ball to be effective. Um and defensively, like if the team is competitive, he'll be competitive defensively and he and he still has it in my opinion. Um okay, who's next up on our list? Uh I, I have two teams that I want to talk about. So do you have another team in your in your no, kind of list? So one of them is New Orleans. And that's so partially weird. because Brandon Ingram's the best player in the league. <laughs> he look he just, he looks so good. Zion. Okay, so He's last so night good. I was watching the Charlotte New Orleans game, and what a game to turn on Charlotte New Orleans. But they ran this lineup with Zion at center for a long, long time. And mm. offensively, he was great. If you can spread the floor around Zion, he's literally unstoppable. There's not a guy who can. No, I shouldn't say not a guy. There are very few guys who can stop him one-on-one with his size, his mobility, his leaping ability, his strength. He can do whatever he wants. But on the defensive end, that lineup gave up everything. And it allowed Charlotte to come back and eventually, I think, win the game. Um, I'm pretty sure they ended up winning. I don't know why I'm blanking on this. Yeah, they did. I'm pretty sure New Orleans was up by 15 or so. And they just kept chipping away, chipping away. And sure, Zion was scoring. But he gave up everything defensively. So the Zion at five lineups just don't work. Zion yeah. with Steven and Adams, they kind of work just because they're both solid players, but they, they're not seamless at all. Like, you need a stretch five around Zion. You know what's really interesting, Zach, is is the second you said that the defensive lineups with Zion at the five don't work, I literally was just, like, staring at my computer. They're allowing opponents to hit um, 69% at the rim. And... That's terrible. It's and they didn't they they don't gross. rebound at all. I was watching last night and Gordon Hayward and Devontae Graham were just grabbing offensive boards like they were Andre Drummond. It's it's pretty gross. Like I don't know. And I this is why I wanted personally, I was rooting for the Miles Turner and Cap Filler swap with Drew Holiday. I thought it made sense for both teams because you look at Miles Turner this year. He's he's looking like the defensive player of the year, and he's also you know can stretch the floor. He's the he's the perfect big to play next that's, to Zion. That's all they need is a guy who can protect the rim, rebound, and stretch the floor on offense. It's too, it's too late for him now, right? Like it it really is. So I don't know. Like they're 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 a funky team for me. Like defensively, they're giving up everything at the rim, but like really protecting the mid range, and it's just bizarre. But like. Like, I was watching them the other night, and I was just, like, putting notes in my phone because I was like, I got to write something about this team or make a video because they're so interesting to me. I have no idea what is going on with with them. I, I just don't. Like, there are some times their offense looks great, and there are other times where I'm like, do you guys even, like, know what you're supposed to be doing on, on the court, or is it just the Brandon Ingram show? Like, like J.J. Redick just isn't making shots this year, which is weird. <laughs> like... Lonzo Ball started the year on fire from three and it's kind of cooled off and Zion's not taking threes. It's just everything they do to me is is bizarre. But there's there's six in the league um for like the the amount of shots they take at the rim and they're not that good for the amount of shots they take from three. I don't know. I don't know if it's going if they can sustain the success, the and success is even a relative term, but the success that they've had this year, I don't know. I have no idea what's up with them. What what do you project for them going forward? <laughs> I don't know. I think probably like what I projected at the beginning of the year, finishing around ninth, tenth, getting in the play play in game and having a real shot because it is talent. They have talent. It's the most random assemblance of talent. Like if you look at their top eight guys, like Lonzo, Bledsoe, Josh Hart, JJ. Ingram, Zion, Steven Adams, like that's a really solid core to to play with, but it's just they don't fit together because really none of them can shoot except for Reddick and Ingram and Reddick's not shooting that well, but I still would never say that Reddick can't shoot. Um Right. Josh Hart can still shoot pretty well, but aside from that, they're really just they're real I don't know why 
Because you look at what people say about Ben Simmons and Giannis, if you just need to surround them with shooting. We're going to get to that point, and maybe probably everyone has already done it. We just haven't vocalized it as much. To where we're going to have to say the same thing about Zion, where you just need to surround them with shooting. Yeah, like, they, if, if I were them, I would sell off some of their guys. And I think this is the perfect year for them to tank without trying to tank. And here's what I mean by that. So, like, the NBA, I think, is more talented than ever. And I think we have more parity than, than the, we have the most parity we've seen in a long time. And just by the nature of that, there are going to be some teams that finish 11th, 12th but our playoff caliber teams. I think New Orleans should do that. So their fan base can be like, you know what? We played hard this year. Um, we, we tried to develop some of our young guys and we just missed out on the playoffs. And then in return, New Orleans can get a better draft pick. I just think that's the way to go. Like, like I don't think JJ Reddit, he just doesn't look like he wants to be there. Trade him to my Celtics, please. Um, <laughs> like, like I would trade. Yeah, Lonzo just get Ball. Draymond and JJ to Boston, okay? Please, and Towns. Yeah. I I hope uh, our respective general managers are listening. But you know, I'm looking at. So here's some of the stuff I thought they were going to do this year. I thought that they were going to be the best transition team in the league, and part of that is because last year they were the sixth best. Um, in terms of points for per possession, and I and I thought to myself, okay, they're going to have a full year of Zion. Brandon Ingram um, can push the ball, and then they have Lonzo Ball, who should be the best transition guard in the NBA. Aside um, and from I Ben also, Simmons. Aside from Ben Simmons. And I also thought that, like, um, <laughs> Stephen Adams was going to gobble boards, right? Because that's what he does. So it's like, okay, they're going to get a rebound. And when you look, like, off of live rebounds, they're pretty good. So they're sixth, they're sixth in the league for points per possession, uh, transition points per 100 possessions off of live rebounds. But like off of steals, they're second to last in the league. So it's like on turnovers, for some reason, they're just like not converting. But that's what they should do because they have freaking freaks of nature. They have moments where they do look like the best transition team in the league. They do, but it's just not like often enough. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of them. Uh, I just, I, I'm not a big believer. And I, and I think they should sell off some guys and try and bring in a dude like Jalen Suggs. Think would be perfect for that. No, I think I he know, looks good said. in Toronto. He look he looks good in Tampa. He would be so perfect. Like I just uh, he's he's great. I also feel really bad for Bi because mm. anytime the Pelicans play anywhere or get announced, it's always Zion and the Pelicans. When Brandon Ingram's clearly their best player, like Zion's great. It's not like Zion's some bum that just gets media attention, but Ingram's still head over heels their best player, and Agreed. he just gets no love because Zion's literally just a freak of nature agreed agreed i yeah everything we're, we're in total agreement here which is i'm sure what our listeners want to hear uh <laughs> all right who do we got next can we touch on okc really quickly yeah go for it this team i thought was going to be the worst team in the west and rightfully so i feel like when you look at their roster it's them in minnesota who are kind of near the bottom and obviously minnesota has been hampered by this town's injury but they just I don't know what it is because is it just the OKC culture? They switched coaches. You can't say Billy Donovan's doing it again. Shea's good. Dort's good. I just, I feel like their young core is even better than I thought. And I was always really high on them. Like, I really like Baisley and Shea and and Dort. I guess their vets are doing stuff. I can't say I've watched a ton of OKC ball, but. Man, like they're, you look, you look, and they're four and four, and they're ninth in the play-in game right now. And it's obviously still really early, but yeah. So, so okay, know. so they've, you know, I agree with you, and like they've really identified talent. But like, this is what happens when you give young players a chance to play, surround them with veteran guys, and a coach who wants to prove himself as well. So. This it's it's surprising, but it's not too surprising. Um, when you look at their team, they should actually be better, right? So if they hit league average, right? If they hit their shots, you know, from the short mid range, from at the rim, from from three, if they hit their shots at league average, they would have the fourth best effective field goal percentage in the league, and that shows us that like they're maybe just not too too developed yet. Right. So they're young guys with the except exception of shy 
Shy or Shay? I always screw it up. Shay. Shay, Shay maybe. But I like saying Shy. Um, the Shy is a fantastic show, by the way, if you guys need a new, a new television show. Um, they, they should be better. Right. They they sh- they should be better. They just don't have the talent or the skill set yet. So ultimately, I think that like I do think they're going to fall off. Um, and I think some of their good start can be attributed to like having a veteran guy like Al Horford and 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 them wanting to prove something. But at the end of the day, I just think other teams are more skilled. So we'll we'll see what happens with them. But they're a fun story. And it will be really interesting if they end up not getting like one of the top three picks because that was their whole intention. Um, it's okay. We'll they have happens. 17 draft picks in next year's draft alone, so they'll end up it's somewhere. Crazy. Do you like Craziness. my Playgrounder sweater? Dude, I'm Pretty looking cool at it right there. now. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> we actually don't have these for sale. Maybe eventually, but I just got yeah. this. My parents custom-made this for me. Custom-made, homie. It's great. Um, I feel like we have to just talk about Houston, a team that I don't know why I'm so uninterested in them because they're just a, a soap opera. But it was literally James Harden's gonna get traded for sure. James Harden get traded for sure. Okay, we're gonna start the season. We're good. And then they play three games and it's and then the trade talk just started heating up again. Like Lowe and Winhorse did a pod solely talking about trading James Harden and how he's gone. It literally seemed like he was gonna go within the next two days of that pod by the way they were talking. And now it right. almost seems like it's just gone again. I don't know what's going on there. I have no idea the Houston stuff. Um, I, if I had to bet, I would actually bet that Miami ends up with James Harden. If I had to bet, um, yeah, it's I have just, no I idea know. what's going to happen anymore. Call it a gut feeling. Call it intuition. I don't care. But what I love about Houston, what I love about you know what they're doing is they're putting so much pressure on the rim, like. They're hitting 68% of their shots at the rim. I think they're second in the league in, like, attempts at the rim. So I, I love that style of basketball because, like, here, hey, this is not, like, a a brainy thing to say, right? The the easiest shots, you know, the, the closer you are to the hoop, the easier it is to make the ball. And they have the talent to do it between John Wall, who looks pretty good, and obviously James Harden and Christian Wood. Yo, Christian Wood is freaking fantastic. He's so good. He's so good. I can't believe He's Detroit joking. only offered him like nine mil a year or eight mil, something like that. Well, it's Detroit, so I, we 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 can believe it. Actually, <laughs> like it doesn't really. They're feisty though, the Pistons. They're they are. Feisty this year. There really isn't a team in the league this year that just gets walked over every night. There isn't, which which is what I love about the NBA this year. Um, well, maybe maybe a couple teams, maybe a couple teams, but yeah, Houston's interesting, and I actually, if they don't trade Harden. I actually think that they might be buyers at the trade deadline. Like, they might be a team. Well, they should be. They. Yeah, what can a, they buy, dude? How I don't know if they have any assets to trade, but like, <laughs> they, they, how good they, of a fit would JJ Redick be on that team? Yeah, like any shooter. But I like I don't know how they can afford it. Daryl Morey just literally set the house on fire and then walked away. <laughs> <laughs> he lit he lit the match and said, I'm going to Philadelphia. No, it wasn't like it wasn't horrible. It's not like he just built a, a dumpster fire. Like they had a team who very well could have potentially won a championship if Chris Paul didn't get hurt. But yeah, the way they're left now, he just he just kind of peeled to Philly and, and and threw a match in the house and walked away. Yeah. Uh I don't know. I also I I don't love that. You know how everyone always talks about that? Oh, Houston was gonna was gonna go to the championship if if Chris Paul doesn't pull his hamstring. Like for me personally, I probably still would have picked Golden State to win that game seven, even with a healthy Chris Paul. Like, yeah, it's I like just, it's still it's still I don't know. To me, it's fifty fifty. But it, obviously, if Chris Paul's healthy, they still have a better chance. I mean, they missed what was it twenty seven threes in a row. It was pretty ridiculous. Like, so, that's crazy. You you could argue there is an argument that the Warriors have had the best luck in NBA history ever. Yeah, the amount of injuries. And that's what made me so mad about the Raptors. That's what made me so mad about the Raptors series when everyone was talking about, yeah, if Golden State was healthy, Golden State was healthy. Not just because they were discrediting like my favorite team for winning a championship. But if you look at every single Golden State championship run, the opposing teams were just plagued by injuries. And then it Decimated. happens to them It happens to them once and, and everyone were... cries their eyes out. Like that first series, uh, where was that first series of Cleveland Golden State? They were up to one when Kyrie got hurt, and Cleveland simply looked better. 
Like I, m- most people were projecting them to win at that point before Kyrie got hurt. So, so there, you know, there's a lucky break. Um, they ha- they Steph Curry signs this, you know, incredibly friendly eleven million dollar a year, you know, team uh, you know team friendly contract because he can't get his ankles right, and then the NBA cap happens to go up, and they get Kevin Durant after OKC had blown a series to them. There's so, there were so many things that had to go right for them. Just just ridiculous. That some of their luck is is literally unbelievable. But that's what it takes to win a title in the NBA. Zach, what it else is. do we it's, got to talk it's, about? It's luck and skill. I honestly think the only other team I'm interested in talking about, uh, there's one more team, but I'm going to start it off by posing you a question. Okay. If you had to build a team right now from scratch and I gave you these two options to start your team with who would you choose and this is just for this season not like five years in in advance Embiid or Jokic Embiid just for for this year Embiid and it's not even particularly close yeah I don't know I I I think Jokic is the best offensive big like maybe we've ever seen okay I mean it I think it's a little more nuanced right like I think he's the most skilled big offensive big we've seen between his passing his shooting um what he can do in the post he has the most skill i don't think he's the best offensive big can i read you his numbers this year yeah he's at, he read me his numbers yeah go for it because he isn't he close to like a triple double or am I he's making averaging 26 11 and 11 and a half oh so so he is averaging a triple double shooting 44 percent from three and 58 from the field yeah he's He's disgusting. He really is. He's so good. And I'm big on Embiid. Here's why I would take Embiid. So um, Embiid is one of the rare players in the NBA. We can probably count him. We should should actually do that as a quick exercise. But he's one of the rare players in the NBA who can win MVP and Offensive Player of the Year in the same year. And defense matters. Like Embiid can guard guys on the perimeter and shut them down. There's a, a handful of bigs in the NBA who can do that, who can who can be a leader protecting the rim while also like actually guarding dudes on the perimeter and locking them up. So, all right, how many players in the league, Zach, do you think could win Defensive Player of the Year and MVP in the same season? I think Kawhi could if he wanted to. Yeah. There's one. Giannis has done it. Giannis has done it. I mean, um, LeBron probably could if he wanted. If he wanted to, yes. AD KD, could. if he wanted to. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to say AD can't win MVP, but I I will put I'll put him on that list. I I think he I think he could definitely do it. Uh, I mean, I mean, if we're looking at really young guys, I would say maybe there's a chance for Zion in the future. Maybe there's a chance for a guy like Jason Tatum in the future, but probably not. Yeah. I I mean, it's a tough feat to do like maybe. Maybe Ben Simmons if his offensive game comes around, but like I don't maybe see it. Miles Turner, <laughs> maybe OG Ananobi, maybe Peyton Darius Pritchard. Garland. <laughs> I love Darius. Garland. Aaron Gordon, <laughs> Jonathan Shabazz Isaac. Napier. Okay, there's not. My point is, there's not many of them, and no. I just think the defensive part is so important. It's so important to me. And I think we overlook the impact that that has on that end of the court. And I'm not. And Jokic even isn't as bad as what people think defensively. Like he's really he's not. When, hands. He, when he puts in the effort, he is not. And you can scheme with him. You can put him into drop coverage and kind of, you know, execute it as best as you can, and then ho- hope that the shots don't go in that you surrender in the mid range. But Embiid, he's one of those dudes where you know there's a minute thirty left in the game, and let's say it's you know Philadelphia is in the finals against um i don't know who's who's gonna be in the finals this year who has a really good guard on the team who are you talking about let's just say like let's just say hypothetically it is Embiid versus steph curry in the finals and Embiid has switched on to steph curry with a minute 30 left like he can he can lock him up like that is a tough i don't shot trust that curry. i do trust it a hundred percent i've exactly. seen him time and time in the playoffs just get into the post, get doubled. I have no idea what to do. Try to force things. He can't really pass out of it. Go ahead and shoot. I just I don't trust him when it comes to the playoffs at all. I absolutely do. I, I just think he needs a healthy team around him. 
I'm so I, pro. I, I don't think so. Jokic, on the other hand, has put up like 25, 11, and 7 in his playoff career while shooting like 41% from three. Like, I just think, I, just, I don't know if there, I don't think there's a wrong answer to this question because I think both are really good, but I really, I don't know. I just, Embiid's so much more volatile. I just don't trust it def- like defensively. I don't. I I think teams are just going to target him over and over and over and over. Like, and obviously an Anthony Davis, LeBron James pick and roll is almost impossible to defend for anybody. But that's it for Jokic. Even you know, even if he were to go against, um, even if it was like the Celtics, if they were to do like a Tatum, Jalen Brown pick and roll, like good luck, and they can do that. And they've I would just pair year. Jokic with a bunch of three and D guys. Yeah, and Embiid, both of them, I guess. Three and D really is just like that's perfect. If you're not an absolute all star, if you're three and D, you're better than anyone else. Like you're more valuable than anything. Can we talk about Portland really quickly? That's my team. I know that's your team, but I need to tell you why they're underperforming. Two expectations, I should say. Here's why. This offseason, everybody was like, wow, look at their additions. Okay. Now, unfortunately, like Zach Collins went down and he's got it all he's got a lot of talent and potential. Yeah, this um, sucks. He just gets hurt, uh, hurt and hurt and hurt. It sucks because he's he has the skill set. But okay, you can't. Despite all the talent they added, especially players that were supposed to help them defensively, it doesn't change the fact that CJ and Dame just don't really play defense. They just don't. They don't. And when you have a starting backcourt that isn't going to engage defensively, you're going to lose just as many games as you win. It's going to happen no matter how talented your backcourt is. That's just the way it is in the NBA today. And uh, that's the angriest I'm going to get uh, in this entire day today, Zach. That's the angriest so, you're going to see me. I don't know why it got me angry, but it did. <laughs> Speaking of Damon CJ, I want to read you. I'm just going to go through some NBA backcourts, and I want you to tell me if you would take them over Damon CJ. And I'm not talking most skilled because okay. they honestly might be the most skilled backcourt in the league. But as far as if on your basketball team, who would you take between Damon CJ or backcourt X? So. I'll start with your guys, and I'll go with Brown and Kemba. Are we doing for like just one year? Yeah, just for this season. Um, I would take. Oh, that's tough. I would take Damon CJ over Brown and Kemba. Yeah. What about Butler and Drogic? I would take Butler and Drogic. Hmm. Butler's I would. Really it, underperforming. I know he is this year, but he's he's been a little like banged up with his ankle, and we've seen them do it. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, Paul and Booker. Oof, give me Paul and Booker. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say, yeah. don't do this to me. I don't even know what the hell the backcourt is for the Clippers, so I'll say PG and Beverly. No, give me give me Portland's. Um, I'll give you two more. Two more, two more. I'm trying to think of one. Wall and Harden. Give me Wall and Harden. I think I would, too, just because of the upside that James Harden gives you. Mm. Like, between those four players, James Harden's just the best. And healthy wall. is Yeah, he's not very, bad. Is, very good. Yeah. Um, okay, last one. I'm going to give you my guys, Lowry and Fred. Are we looking? Okay, are we looking at this just to win a title? Yeah, just for this year, just to win. Give me Lowry and Fred. Man, Fred Van Vliet, I can't get over it. I, I never matters. thought it... Yeah, it's true, and those both those guys are like four foot eleven, and they still defend better than almost any other backcourt. And it matters, and they're clutch, and we've seen it, and we've seen them play unselfishly. So give me those two guys, pretty confidently. I uh, I never thought twenty one mil or whatever it was for Fred was an overpay twenty one point two five per year, but he's showing mm-hmm. us that it definitely wasn't an overpay. Like he is, he scored thirty plus two in the past two of the times in the past three games. He looks fantastic. He's he's legitimately an all-star caliber player. All right, before we go, wild card weekend predictions. We're recording this Saturday morning before the wild card, and we're a basketball pod, but uh, do it. Let's see how our football our football knowledge is. So let's 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 predict Saturday's games first. Today's games. Who you got? Give me the slate of games. So we got. I'll just go one by one. So Colts Bills. Uh, Bills. I think Easy. the Bills are going to like win by a lot. And when I, I say a lot, I don't mean like fifty. I mean like two touchdowns. So like yeah, not agree. not not a lot, but still just not necessarily a a down to the wire close game. Although Cole, Cole Beasley is not uh, a pro bowler, but and you kind of look like that. him. I appreciate that. 
Uh, <laughs> Rams Seahawks. Seahawks. It's Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think that game's gonna finish like seven three because I don't think Goff's playing either. And it's gonna the Seahawks literally. <laughs> the Seahawks literally went from all offense, no defense to all defense, no offense. Like I'm pretty sure. I'm going to butcher the stat, but it was somewhere close. Russell Wilson, I think, threw like 40, 42 touchdowns this year, and 28 of them were in the first eight weeks. He is just as good. Is he just as good as Pat Mahomes? Uh, I think he's the second-best quarterback. That was a lot of weird sounds. <laughs> I think he's the second-best <laughs> quarterback in the league, but I would still put Mahomes a bit above him. I agree. Okay, next next game. Uh, Bucks versus the football team. Yo, that's great. Well, all right, is everyone healthy for Washington? Uh, I think so. Let me check. What time is this game, Zach? This is the late game today. So the it night game the tonight. Game. Okay. You know what? Give me the football team. Do you mm. want to know why? Here, here, let I me tell know you why. why. Okay. I think that there is something in the water in Washington, D.C. this year. We've talked about this multiple times. So, firstly... When have we talked about this multiple times? We're a basketball pod. (laughs) I know, but we've we've talked about how I didn't even want to refer to them as Washington. And there's... Okay, so first of all, democracy is under attack. Or it was Wednesday, okay? We have a bunch of weird stuff going on with the Wizards, right? We have the Washington football team that doesn't even have a name. But yet, all of a sudden... They're in the playoffs. Dude. Can I just say I love that they went with the football team? Like, I think they should just keep it. They should that. keep it. And every time I see WFT, I think of WTF. Uh, <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> so, like, non-creatively creative. It's so And they didn't even intend good. for this. I think they just did this because they couldn't come up with a name. Where I thought it would have been great if a guy straight up off the bat was like, why don't we just call ourselves the football team? You know, we are what we are. Absolutely, and it's whoever is was in there. I've whoever was in their like marketing department who and came up with that name had the biggest, you know, one eighty career change of all career shift of all time. They went from "Are you kidding me? This is our name" to "People love this. Like, good for them." I'm taking the football team. Who are you taking? Uh, I'm gonna go. I enjoy the hot take, and I think they actually have a chance. But I'm gonna go Tampa. And okay, I also fair. realized I didn't even give my earlier game prediction for the middle game. Mm. I feel like my my heart saying Rams with my head saying Seahawks, so I don't know which direction to go. Uh, but I'm gonna go with the Seahawks because Goff's out and the quarterback position is kind of important. Uh, let's Ten, go, tends to be. Let's move over to Sunday, Baltimore, Tennessee. Give me Tennessee. Yeah, me too. I don't trust Lamar. I don't trust Lamar, and I think Tennessee. Um, I think they have edge, and I think that matters. And Derek I haven't trusted Henry Baltimore. Is unstoppable. Here. And they couldn't they, – listen, they couldn't beat him last year. Derrick Henry is just going to run and run and run. And what happens is when, it, when the fourth quarter comes around, you're like, I don't want this absolutely massive six-foot-two, 200-and-whatever-pound like wrecking ball hitting me anymore. And he's yeah, not going to stop. Annoying. And that matters. Uh, Chicago, New Orleans. It's got to be New Orleans, right? I think New Orleans could still come out of the NFC to, to the Super Bowl. I think, I think, think they're so? really good. I literally think their, their weak point is Drew Brees. It is, and it is. and when it, and when it's when your weak point is your quarterback who is a guy who's had a Hall of Fame career and still isn't necessarily like horrible. I think that's a pretty good place to be. And we've we've seen Super Bowls be won by quarterbacks who don't have anything left in the tank. Like we've yeah, seen Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning do it. Yeah, I don't want to um, talk about that. I'm a Carolina fan. Oh, I, I apologize. Okay, what's the next? Oh, game? also, my parents said they would buy me a jersey if Zach Wilson got drafted to Carolina. <laughs> that would be that would be exquisite. That would be the universe lining up for you. Seriously, I was like, my favorite team, literally the guy with the same name as me. And then funny enough, uh, I, I guess there's no – I there's a correlation. But my dad's name is Jeff, so if I get that, oh, he'll, wow. probably get a, he'll probably get a Jeff Wilson jersey from uh, San Francisco. <laughs> That's great, the, the Wilson kids. Um, uh, you got you to gotta name your son like Owen Wilson, like the actor or something like that. Or Woodrow Wilson. There's a lot of famous wow. Wilsons. Wow. Okay. Um, wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, the, the last game, maybe the most interesting game, Cleveland-Pittsburgh. All right. What's the health looking like for, for Cleveland? Cleveland. 
Aren't they a bunch of like don't don't they have a bunch of COVID guys? Oh, I that I do not know because I'm just looking at the injury report. I I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Okay. I'm a basketball guy. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh, but I want Cleveland to win. I really want Cleveland to win. Pittsburgh started off 11 and 0, finished 1 in 4 or 1 in 5. What what adds up? No, 1 in 4. They they started off 11 and 0, finished off 1 in 4. I don't trust them at all, but I still think they'll win this game. Do I? I don't know. I don't know. Their defense has really taken a toll with with injuries. Um, why don't you just give me Cleveland? Yeah, you I know just what? did a one eighty. Let's both do Cleveland. Let's, let's do, do it. it. We're gonna become. And if if Cleveland wins Sunday, we're gonna be Browns fans for next pod, which you can find wherever you get your podcast or Wednesday morning nine a.m. on Dash Radio, and the later in the week episode, aka this one, you can find wherever you get your pods. Matt, do you have anything else you want to say before we head out? Zach, uh, um, our new website is very close to going up. I just got an email where I think everything transferred. Um, I think we're we're very close. It is so so close. It might be up by the time you're listening to this. So if if you're listening to this, go to theplaygrounder.com, and if it looks great, then it's up. If it looks okay, then it's not yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great way of ending it. Oh, that's great. All right. Easy, yo. We stayed up till the morning Talking till the first light of dawn